Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Make a difference thanks to the Chemist Warehouse Charity Super Raffle. Head online to donate today. This is Super South with Joey Wheeler and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. No, far better looking, far better looking, far better looking uh, than that man that you mentioned, Mark Watson. Mark Watson with you instead of Ricardo Ball, but I tell you what, the man alongside of me, even more extraordinary, uh, considered to be a Highlander great. We're talking about Joey Wheeler. Joey, good evening. Welcome. How are you? Oh, I could be better, Mark. I just, you know, another loss to a, um Australian team for my Highlanders, but... You know, the sun comes up, mate. There's some some positives coming out of this uh, that, you know, hopefully this week the boys can turn it around back at home. Obviously, it's been a long tour um, for the Hollanders losing in uh, Perth and losing in um, Sydney, so they'll be thoroughly disappointed. But, you know, this weekend it's shaping as uh, David versus Goliath, mate, the high-flying Chiefs coming down to Dunedin, and hopefully... We can roll out a little banana skin for them to trip on and uh, bring that eight and no run to an end, uh, nine and no run to an end. <laughs> yeah, but, but but look, I still think this Highlanders team is capable. No one's going to go down there and going to take this team for granted. Um, you know, we, we, it's key decisions, it's key moments that are still costing the Highlanders. I wanted to ask you this, Joey. I'd imagine throughout your rugby career, you've probably played in some teams where you might have gone through a little bit of a lull, where you might have gone through week after week of maybe not winning. How do the coaches react when it gets to this point? I'd imagine that you're trying to reinforce a lot of things every week. Um, some are implemented, some are not. There'd be a level of frustration amongst the players. Do the coaches, at what point do they just blow their tops or do they just start saying nothing? I mean, what is the message now to this team? How, how, how do you control the emotion? What is the emotion coming from the coaches? Yeah, it's always a, it's always a tough one um, when you get into these spots. And I've been there um, before, Mark. Um, I look back at 20. 20- 13, we were, I think we were 0-8, the Highlanders, um, and we were we were missing games by really, really small margins. Um, a slightly different team to probably um, what, what there is assembled at the moment. Obviously, they had recruited a whole lot of rock stars, but you, I think that it's sometimes weird. The harder you try as a team to get better, the sometimes the worse it gets, and um Look, I do look at this Highlanders team, and they haven't had a lot of luck. Like, they haven't had a lot of luck in terms of their injuries. Um, They haven't had a lot of love from from the referees, especially in Australia. But, I mean, those are all things outside of your control. But you look at some of the things that they can control in the camp. I think what they've maybe got wrong um, along the way, and, and Tony Brown alluded to it last week, is... They sort of look like they're struggling to um, nail what this team is all about. What's their identity as a team? What do they do? Like, how do they um, imprint themselves as a as a, a tough Highlanders side to win? And I think they're still searching for that, and they're searching for a, a result to, I guess, guide them in that direction. And I think maybe that comes down to there's probably 
maybe a lack of experience in a couple of key areas. They're leaning pretty heavily on a couple of guys like Aaron Smith, uh, Billy Harmon, those sort of boys. And then there's a couple of guys in, in key positions. I look at Mitch Hunt and his performances haven't been haven't been up to scratch. But I, I do think tactically maybe they're, they're searching for something and, and they haven't quite found it and they're not quite playing to their strengths. And we alluded to that one of their strengths that we see this year is um, their forward pack. And I just don't think they're util- utilising that well enough, Mark. So... So, so you, I'd, you, I'd maybe like to see them maybe simplify things a little bit and um, sort of maybe go back to <clears throat> maybe a little bit old school. Um, play the 10-man game. sort of roll the sleeves up and, and, and get, into, get into their work a little bit more. Yeah, play the 10-man game. Keep it more on the forwards. Just earn that right to go wide. Just pick and go a little bit. Yeah. That's right, mate. Yeah, I, I, I just think – well, they're, they're obviously sucking a lot of penalties um, – um, I think they're drawing a lot of penalties from um, from their set piece, and I just don't know if they they they're going to that enough to to build pressure. Like you see, um, you see, like the Crusaders, the Chiefs, when they get in trouble, they go back to that, and and that's their real strength. And I think this year, for the first time in a long time, that's the Highlanders' strength. Um, so yeah, I, I would like to see them play a little bit more ten, rag, ten man rugby, and maybe it's probably a little bit boring. But I think traditionally, obviously, the Highlanders have been known for an expansive um, sort of style of play that you know they could raise it up from anywhere, inventive, and that's been driven probably from Tony Brown for a long time, Mark. So they've probably gone a, a little bit away from that, and and just they're in search of what this team's identity is. I'll ask you this, Joey, because talking to the other Super Rugby franchises and those that represent the Chiefs and the Blues, they're very much recruiting from within their regions. It's a big part about trying to tell this brand story, trying to um, create this fan base, really trying to, uh, you know, particularly the Chiefs tapping into under-20s that come through the Chiefs region. It, it, it doesn't appear to me that you can do that in Dunedin, that you can do that in Otago. There's just not the infrastructure that, Dunedin and the Highlanders teams in Otago rugby is more around just trying to grab guys from around the country. Can you give us some idea of how rugby works in Dunedin? And, um, I, I mean, uh, uh, do they have the benefit of the other regions? Um, yeah, I, I do know for a fact that they're doing a pretty good job in, um, in the talent ID space and trying to recruit well from outside of the region. I think gone are the days, mate, of... Maybe back in, let's say, a um, Josh Cromfeld, Mark Ellis, Jeff Wilson, yep. to a lesser extent, but Aaron Pinay's of the world, um, Jamie Josephs, that came down to Dunedin, uh, firstly for education, and rugby was um, secondary. But by default, they ended up gaining a, a hell of a lot of talented rugby players. I know now that they're trying to utilise the the university as part of that recruitment tool because it is a world class university, um, and to 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 help um, bring talent down to the region. But the reality is, um, the the Otago Southland region is a um, a drop in the bucket in terms of the talent uh, around the country. So they're going to have to bring the majority of it from outside. Are they are they um, getting it all right? No. Um, are they struggling to recruit um, established Super Rugby players and All Blacks from other teams? 100%. Like, when was the last time that you saw an All Black shift franchises? You just don't see it. Mm. It just doesn't happen, which 
uh, in my mind, from if I put my um, Sky Sport um, cap on, that's what I would love to see. When I put my fans cap on, that's what I'd love to see is player movement, the yep. market moving because that creates storylines, that creates conversation, mm-hmm. that creates interest in our game. The more player movement we have in our game, the better, and I think it would actually strengthen New Zealand rugby. Like I look at some of the depth in some of these teams and I think that guy's holding tackle bags at um, yeah. Hurricanes training or yeah. at Crusaders training and he should be yeah. playing 60, 80 minutes for uh, another team at, at another franchise because it's wasted talent. And, and I mean, team's good on them for, for stockpiling that talent and doing a good job of it. But I think there does need to be a, a maybe a, a little bit more of an even spread because and, and I just think uh, um, to see some player movement it, it's good for our game it's good for the interest in our game for what is a, a dwindling fan base and we're trying to keep them engaged as much as possible and we see it in rugby league all the time and you see the emotion like a guy like Jack Ryder last week how good was those that raw interview that he had post-match he's been a Cronella Raider for 14 years and now he's moving to South Sydney Ricky Stewart his emotion just talking about how uh, they're pissed off mm. that they're losing him because they love him. How good would that be if a, let's say, a Rico Ioane who's just penned his um, new deal that the Highlanders managed to somehow recruit him out of Auckland um, down there? Like, what a story that would be. It'd be awesome for the competition, I believe. Yeah, look, Joey, I, I'm not even going to get into the lack of narratives that no longer exist around rugby and the models that they could look at in terms of creating the discussion. Uh, but what, what, what I do want to um, ask you, though, Joey, is... It was an interesting discussion I had on Sunday, but are the Highlanders weakened by the fact that Moana Pacifica are now in Super Rugby, that those peripheral players are no longer accessible to the likes of the Highlanders? Imagine Amour at centre. Imagine some of those Moana Pacifica players now no longer being available to the likes of... I think I look at that and I think, what an awesome opportunity for those guys. Would they have got those opportunities... Would they have got those opportunities if they had, uh, if Moana Pacifica hadn't have been there? Maybe not. Um, but now that they've been exposed to that level, we've seen how good a Levi Moore is. And I think, yeah, you're right. Uh, but I look at it as also that tier of player that sat under the Super Rugby squad between bringing in two new teams and I know the draw are mainly uh, are obviously all Fijian players so not many of them are uh, were in the New Zealand system anyway but take that that team the Moana Pacifica plus MLR you've you you dilute the um the I guess the pool of players even further and that's that injury replacement player that's yeah, that player but, that's but, maybe but, but, a slower burn that might have got there when they were 23 24 instead they're going to to play all year round in the MLR okay we'll just take a break here on SENZ Joe Wheeler is my co-host here on the program we are talking Super South celebrating Highlanders Super Rugby franchise Highlanders Super Rugby uh, just a reminder too the Chemist Warehouse Chemist Warehouse the real house of fragrances uh, Mark Watson in for Ricardo Ball as we have Joe Wheeler of course uh, one of the Highlanders all time greats and now joining us on the program uh, one of the young up and coming flankers is Sean Withy Sean joins us this evening to you Sean thank you no worries, thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, Sean, give us a little bit about about your background. What's been your pathway through to the Highlanders? Where have you come from? Um, take us on your little rugby journey. Um, yeah, I'm from a little town in Southland, uh, dipped in. John Hardy 
another trip to boys. So yeah, went to primary school there, then transitioned into Southland Boys, where I was at the hostel for a few years, and then moved up to Dunedin, Australia School to, um, I guess yeah, go to the university and join the rugby academy up here, and then yeah, a couple of years there, made the NPC team, and then into the Highlanders at the minute. And what was it like the first time you got to meet Joe Wheeler? <laughs> I can't actually remember the first time I met Joe Wheeler, to be fair. It might have been a while ago. But... Like, like, were you nervous? Was it like the childhood dream come true? <laughs> yeah, it was more like a childhood reincarnated. You used to have like, like his picture, picture, picture up on your wall, didn't you? Yeah, posters of um, Joey and Ben Smith all through my video. Oh, brilliant. Love it. <laughs> yeah, bugger, the, bugger Smith and Smith, mate. Joe Wheeler, that's the way to go. You're a real, you're a real toiler when you've got my poster up on your uh, up on your wall. But, hey, Sean, your your form this year has been absolutely outstanding. Um, obviously, only your second year of um, Super Rugby. How, how have you found um, playing some more consistent game time? Yeah, um, it's been awesome, Joey. To be fair, at the start of the year, I wasn't expecting to be playing this much, and yeah, it sort of didn't really put too many goals and much too much pressure on myself. I just wanted to go out and enjoy it and get whatever role I got within the team. But you know, it's, I guess I started playing playing well at the start of the year, and Marino going down in the third minute of the first game of the season sort of helped that, and then yeah, just sort of got opportunities throughout that, and just I guess. Yeah, took them as well as I could. There's plenty of competition for the seven jersey. Obviously, Captain Billy Harmon, um, well, former Captain James Lynchus, who's still playing some some magnificent footy. But you you sort of find yourself probably um, second in the picking order for that. How, how have those guys helped shape your game, and how are you finding the competition amongst the the three of you in the squad? Um, yeah, no, definitely both of them have had a big influence on on me coming through, especially Jim, you know, I've played with, played with him at Otago for the last few years as well, and, you know, me and Jim get on real well, we're good mates, and I guess he's been been around for a while now and seen it all, so he's helped me massively and on the field and parts of my game, but also, in, I guess, off the field stuff and some leadership and all that and that sort of thing as well, and then, yeah, Bill just working with him, he's a, he's a top athlete and a top professional, so you're always picking up stuff off those two guys, and yeah, I guess they have helped me a lot along the way, and you know I'm always nipping at their heels. So, yeah, trying to keep them honest, I suppose. Uh, Sean, the, you pl- oh, oh so- sorry, Mark, you go, please. Yeah, no, I was just going to ask you because I was trying to get this out of uh, Joey, just trying to understand what what's the message now coming from the coaches and the tone in which they're delivering it. I mean, it's been clearly a season of frustration. It's just one or two little things that seem to be letting you down week in, week out. Um, so, 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 what is the message now from the coaches? What, what sort of, what's their style of communication? Is it one of frustration? Is it one of anger? Is it just calmness? I mean, what are they asking of you? Um, I suppose at the moment, yeah, there's a, a little bit of frustration among the players and among management because you know, especially after that Aussie tour, we went over there with hopes to bag a few points and we put out performances that we weren't proud of and knew what we we're capable of. So, I guess it's about refocusing and looking at the picture and the scenario we're in. So we're in eighth at the moment, I'm pretty sure it is. And we need however many wins out of the next five games to make the playoffs. So it's refocusing that and, yeah, moving on to how we're going to put performances out on the park that's going to get us into that playoff picture. Well, yeah, great honesty, mate, and great awareness um, for a young man. Um, Obviously, this week... 
uh, a really tough challenge, as tough as it gets in this competition. Uh, a white hot Chiefs side that are uh, nine and zero uh, coming down to Dunedin. What what have you guys been looking at, and and I guess how do you go about beating them to get the season back on track? Yeah, I think um, yeah, obviously the Chiefs team to beat at the moment. They keep on winning, but I think from our perspective, it's it's not backing away from it. It's looking at, at who's going to be able to handle their first loss. You know, we're back at home, haven't been at home for a while, and we've got everything to prove and nothing to lose, really. So it's about focusing on our game, what parts we're going to fix up from the last couple of weeks. And I feel, and we all feel <clears throat> in the team that when we, when we do get our stuff right, you know, we can compete with anyone and, yeah, push the best. How do you stop Damien McKenzie, bud? Yeah, well, that that's another thing at the moment. He's pretty scintillating. <laughs> so, yeah, we've got some plans in place. And, you know, a guy like Damien, he's always roving around the ball. And, you know, he's the um, orchestra for, for all their stuff. So, you know, he's always got a, a target on his back. And whatever we can do to take him out of the game, we'll look to do, I suppose. So you're a Dipton boy. He's a gore boy. Um, who wins the tussle? But to be fair, if it was a numbers game, I think um, Gore would take us every day of the week. They probably got about a thousand times the amount of people that didn't go. But no, it's not about the size of the dog and the fighters that go. No. That more than well. Yeah, that's right, mate. Hey, uh, Sean, mum and dad in the background, who gives you the most advice after a game? Oh, to be fair, I think I've grown out of the advice. That was dad. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, if he was ever give me advice, I'd be sure enough to strand him up and, you know, I suppose as I've gone through the ranks and got to the higher levels, he's sort of conceded that he might not know as much as what he thinks he used to, but now we always dissect games and have a good chat about everything going on, but yeah, no real advice anymore, I wouldn't say. You must be pretty proud though in the community yeah. you come from, must be proud, eh? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, mum and dad always talking to me about yeah, everyone in the community coming up to them and everyone's watching back home. So, yeah, it's cool to get back down home and see everyone that I haven't seen for a while. So, But, no, a real supportive community down there and mum and dad definitely get a lot of chats and a lot of messages about how I'm going at the moment. So it's cool. Yeah, mate, um, you've been playing a little bit at six this year as well. A young man coming through the age grades, you would have played uh, numerous positions, but professional level, it's been mainly in the seven jumper. How have you found slotting in there? Because obviously, um, against some pretty physical beasts, how have you found that side of the game? Um, you know, it's been awesome. I think, yeah, through my junior ranks and through club footy and that, I've always been one that's been involved in the line out and getting my hands on the ball, and I feel. When you're at six, you're obviously involved in the line-out a lot more and then you're getting your hands on the ball more second and third phase where when you're at number seven, you're quite often involved in that first phase, either either playing off the line-out or cleaning the ruck or whatever. So, you know, it's cool to play six. Similar roles through phase attack, but I guess it's the step piece that's a bit different in terms of the line-out jumps and that aspect. And then, yeah, I feel like you do get your hands on the ball but more through that second and third phase off your line-out maps. Hey, Sean, lovely to have you join us on the programme tonight. Greatly appreciated. We, we'll be looking out on Friday night for you to snap Damien McKenzie in two, OK? So no, no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> no, no. I mean, we, we want you to personally, all those people that are not Chiefs fans, we want you to personally ruin any all-black chances of winning World Cup by taking Damien McKenzie out on a legitimate <laughs> legal tackle, OK? 
legitimately legal. Legitimately legal. Sorry, <laughs> I can... I'll try my best for that, but, yeah, I don't know about We'll see how we get on. All right, mate. Hey, look, lovely to have you on the programme. All the very best against the Chiefs, genuinely. Wicked. Thanks, guys. Hey, one last thing. One last thing, Sean. Obviously, it's it's a Friday night game. You're going to be duck shooting this weekend. I have talked talked about it. Dad's got a couple of mates flying to the Eden, so yeah, we'll see how we pull up after the game. And yeah, I might get a late night drive, two and a half hours back down the home. Nice, mate. Down the home. So haven't yeah. done it for a while. So could be keen. Uh, if you beat the Chiefs, it'll feel like a ten minute drive. Well done. Hey, lovely to have you on the program. Nice, yeah. n- nice to chat. Nice for you to introduce yourself to our Highlanders public as well. Let everyone know just a little bit more about you. He's a classy young man, isn't he? I mean, if you can get, if you can continue that, continue to get those champions out of those small towns, out of schools like Southland. Hey, the future's bright, isn't it? Oh, mate, dipped in. <laughs> one of the greats. Yeah, he's a champion young lad and, and one that the Highlanders need to keep hold of because, as you heard there, a, a young man, articulate, um, great leader. Uh, I think he's the future captain of the, of the franchise and the club um, and just a real set, good sound head. Um, been brought up brilliantly, obviously, from Dipton. Pretty grounded, mm. um, really honest hard working mm. so all the values and all the traits of a, of a champion Highlander man so yeah and a, and a hell of a player mate like in the weekend six carries 18 tackles um, huge work rate and he's just going from strength to strength every time he pulls on that jersey and he had your picture up on his wall growing up brilliant love that one <laughs> hey, uh, the, yeah, that wasn't forced out of his throat at all, Mark. That wasn't pushed out of his throat at all. Uh, uh, hey, he probably had Sir John Kerwin up there too. No, no, the, the DHL Super Rugby Pacific is underway. Who is your DHL um, Highlanders Player of the Week? And then who is your DHL Super Rugby Player of the Week? Yeah, that, it was a toss-up for me um, for the Highlanders between the man we just spoke to, Sean Woody. I thought he had a, uh, an exceptional game and he's going from strength to strength, like I alluded to. Um, six massive carries for him through the middle of the park and then 18 tackles. But there was one man again, and we've mentioned him numerous times on um, Super South this season, and it was Ethan DeGroot. He had a massive um, 65 minutes on the park for a, a Big 130kg loose head prop, made uh, nine carries, the second most in the Highlanders, 11 tackles, um, scrummaged the house down. So, yeah, Ethan DeGroot, he's going this way at the right time of year. Uh, Mark and, and Long, mate, continue. And like we said, the Highlanders need to go to that strength, which is in their top fives, and he's leading by example there. OK, DHL, Super Rugby Player of the Round. Yeah, uh, I think there was one game that everyone was focused on, and that was the the Chiefs v the Crusaders, and uh, it, it, it did dub as a, an, an All Black trial. And one guy, well, I was I was picking the, the the Crusaders in this one because I just think whenever it comes to big games like this, they always step up and they always play their best footy. And when their backs against the wall, everyone's doubting them. That's when they always come out and they fire, and they looked like they were going to do that at the start of the game. They started off so so well, but Man, um, Damon McKenzie, again, proved a lot of his doubters wrong. I just thought his control, his maturity, and he pulled trigger at the right time. Um, And when he goes to the line in broken play, um, he just looks so, so good. And that's how they scored all the tries. They didn't score them from um, flash set-piece moves. They just scored them from turnover pill, get the ball basically in Damien's hands, and he'll create something. So, yeah, Damien McKenzie, special player, um, maturing. Um, Obviously, we're losing two brilliant first fives in uh, Bowden Barrett and Richie Mwanga to... um, to Japan next season, but man, oh man, Damien McKenzie is playing some phenomenal footy at the moment, and 
he is a shoo-in to get on that plane to uh, to France at the at the end of the year, mate. He is playing awesome rugby. The DHL Super Rugby Pacific. Catch the action live on Sky Sport or get tickets at superrugby.co.nz. Joey Wheeler, it's been a privilege and a pleasure as always, my good man. Good discussion tonight. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Very impressed by young Sean Withy. Yeah, lovely to chat, Mark, and apologies for the start uh, with the comms, mate. I couldn't quite hear you uh, loud and clear, but uh, we got there in the end, and yeah, Sean Woody, one to keep an eye out for, mate, um, uh, an articulate young man, like we said, and a hell of a player. Hey, can you send me a Joe Wheeler poster? Uh, 50 bucks, mate, plus postage and handling. Oh, okay, I was prepared to pay a bit more, but okay, 50 bucks. <laughs> Oh, mate, I'll come cheap. I'll come cheap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carmo yeah, says at 60 anyway, mate. He's up next, 28 minutes after 7. You're listening to SENZ. Another edition here. Another edition here of Super South with Joey Wheeler. We'll do it all again next week.